hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to start out with saying that um, in today's episode, we talked to one representative and this is her experience and these stories are all alleged. And um, we're just we're just talking about what what she feels like she saw. And um, yeah, Uh, Also, I wanted to add that I am putting a content warning at the beginning of this episode. We do end up talking about topics such as rape culture and um, racism. And I just want to make sure that if you're listening to this episode, that you are prepared for that and emotionally ready to listen to what we have to say. Some of our topics, like we do talk about it um, in depth. So, um, I do hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you do listen, but again, just want to make sure that you are ready to listen and and in the right place to hear these things. So I hope that you enjoy. Thank you. Hi everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hunts to Humans. I am so excited today to introduce Molly Staples. Um, If you are in the anti-MLM community already, you have probably heard rumor of her because she has been making waves with speaking out against Rodan and Fields and what she has witnessed in this company. And I'm really excited to hear her story. Like you literally just, just officially resigned yesterday right yeah technically I was terminated so I just like want to be <laughs> transparent yeah. on that point. <laughs> yeah so go ahead why don't you tell us how um how you got started was this your first MLM yeah I actually didn't really know what MLMs were when I first started um so I was I had twin six-month-olds at the time and for my professional life I had been a dietitian and a doula and a massage therapist which was like this feels like, um, flashing back to telling my story about how I got in when I was trying to recruit, but, um, (laughs) anyway, so that's what I was doing. Um, and I, when my, my husband and I moved to Maryland, we, um, found out we were pregnant with twins. We moved back to Maine and, um, a friend of mine reached out after we had the boys. And, you know, when I was really struggling with like how I was going to bring income into our family and she was like, this is what I'm doing. And I think that you should look into it. And I was like, you know, why not? I literally didn't know that I didn't know anything about network marketing, really. I just knew that I'm I'm an excellent salesperson. I'm an excellent salesperson. I can sell anything to anyone, pretty much. 
<laughs> um, and I've been told that my whole life. So I was like, well, you know, if I can just cover this little amount of money, then, you know, maybe things will, maybe things will turn around for us. And I didn't realize that there was so much negativity around MLMs. Um, I actually didn't know there was positivity. I didn't know anything. I just said, okay, why not? A door is opening. I'm going to walk into it. Great. Um, yeah. So, uh, anyway, so that's how I got started and I exploded. Like my business grew super fast. I feel like, um, in telling my story, like without trying to make it sound like you should do this, I was in like the small percentage of people that is successful in these businesses, which I hope can be a unique perspective in talking about, um, like dismantling MLMs because in being a part of the successful quote unquote people, I recognize now that I was just such a huge part of the problem in that culture. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I said yes to talking to you and why I've turned around. I've done such a 180 from where I was a year and a half ago. So, yeah. Um, so how quickly did you end up growing your, like your downline? Um, so I, so it would have been five years that I was in this business. Um, it'll be up, uh, see, I started in April. So this would be five years coming up in my first, in my first, in my first month, I don't know if it's okay to like tell you, I mean, I'm so used to like not saying how much money I made, but in my first month in that business, I made a thousand dollars, which I thought was just incredible at the time. Um, I mean, I still think it was, it was really great. Like it was great money for us. Um, and then I grew, like I was considered one of the fastest growing consultants and, mm -hmm. um, and I was on a really fast growing downline. So I was like, my story was plastered all over all of the team pages. I was constantly celebrated. Um, and that was like in my first six months, I saw a huge, um, success. So in that first six months, I did see a huge growth and it, but it never really stopped. Like I continued to have relatively organic growth for two years. And I mean, and then that third year, I would say I was starting to grow into something that I didn't really love. I was starting to really push myself into a realm of like predatory stuff. I feel like I was starting to like say, okay, I'm not, I'm not becoming this high up level. What do I need to become? What do I need to do? I started feeling desperate that I'm not growing. I'm not being, there's no spotlight on me. I'm not. And that was important to me because I knew that was what happened. It's like a, it's perpetual. Right. Yeah. So, it feels good. Like all of the love bombing, it's like awesome. And it's gassing you up. So you're like, yes, like I'm doing it. And I can only imagine like, cause I've only been at the bottom of the pyramid. So I can only imagine as you go up and up and up, how good that feels and how much like dopamine you're getting. It's yeah, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, I was given gifts. I was sent money um, when, cause I did have some really hard months in there. Cause my, it's a long story, but my husband and I have struggled financially with different things that have happened. And mm -hmm. my upline, like um, when the pandemic started, our stove broke and we hadn't bought a microwave for our new house yet. And my upline was just like, Oh, here's a hundred dollars at Lowe's go buy a microwave. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, like those things were, I made me feel loved. Yeah. Right. And like, it's really like, <clears throat> exciting too to like be the center of like like 
I remember being in the MLM and looking at the people that were being successful and being like, I can do that. I, I can be that. So it must've been really cool to be that person. Yeah. I, I definitely was getting a lot of attention and, um, I went on a couple trips that were paid for by my upline. One of them was actually paid for by the company, but like, I just kept achieving things. And every time I did, I just was like, see, this is where I'm supposed to be. And I got to the point where I was making a few thousand dollars a month. I got a $5,000 bonus at one point that helped us buy this house. I mean, I was doing the thing. Like I did the thing. And I, I like to say most of my growth was organic. Most of it was not. And I, like, I know that I'll get a lot of pushback from people in the anti-MLM community, but most of this was not me being predatory or um, most of it came from a really, really, really good place with me where I really, really believed that we could all rise together. Yeah. I really believed there was enough like seats at the table for everyone. I really did not. There was no point where I was like, oh yeah, no, like she's never going to make it. There's probably people that joined the business that I was like, all right, well, I don't think that's going to happen. But then my upline would be like, oh no, that's not up to you to choose her success. Like sell her the big kit. You know, so that was kind of where I started to lose myself between the organic growth and that third year where I really feel like I started getting a little predatory and then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? What is happening? Where am I? What? Nobody wants eye cream before they go to a Black Lives Matter protest. Like no one cares. Like what, what is the level of importance here? Right. And I was just continued like, no, send a hundred messages a day, a hundred messages a day, send a hundred cold messages a day. And I kept thinking, and I said this to people, this, 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 we have to shift this. This isn't working. A hundred cold messages a day isn't working. It doesn't make anybody feel good. I'm getting yelled at. I'm getting ignored. I'm losing my friends. This doesn't feel good. Cold messaging isn't working. And I kept saying it and saying it and saying it and got ignored. Yeah. Because it sucks. (laughs) It does suck. Like it feels like this is one of the things I wanted to talk about, especially for someone like you who was sending out hundreds of messages a week. Um, like I, so my MLM was only coaching me to send out three a day. So like, I know. Right. So I'm like, wow, like they really didn't, uh, my people did not get the memo about the 100. Uh, so no wonder why I wasn't successful. Quote, unquote. My highest was, my highest was, I think I sent 350 in one day. (gasps) Imagine how people hated me. Yeah. And like, (laughs) so like the cognitive dissonance, at least for me, when I would send a cold message, I was like, oh my God, I know that I'm bothering you. And I know you probably don't want my products, but you know what? Maybe you do. And maybe you just didn't want to ask me. So like, let me ask you. So I'd like try to talk myself into it. But every time I sent a cold message, my like mental health would get really bad. So I was wondering how that felt for you. Um, And if you noticed any differences. 
Um, yeah, I actually, I mean, I had a range of people that were like, <clears throat> um, I'm interested maybe later or, you know, um, are we even friends anymore? I don't even know you anymore. Most people just ignored me, but like it is, it's kind of draining on your person. But like, I think that after a certain number of years, I just like, honestly, it's like, oh, it's almost like a martyr thing happened within me where I would like, my upline told me like, you know, look at your kids. Like you're doing this for them. What do they, I remember them saying to me, like, look at your kids. What do they deserve? Do they deserve you to be uncomfortable? Do they deserve you to work through that? And yes, of course my kids deserve, my kids deserve every piece of me. Like my kids deserve it all. So like, of course I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm willing to go through so much for them. And it goes to a place where you lose yourself by giving to your kids. You know what my kids need? My kids need a mentally well mother. Yeah. My kids need a network of people that care about them. My kids need to learn how to have relationships that aren't transactional. Yeah. So I would never let my children, like it got to a place where I was like, I wouldn't let my kids be in this business. Why am I doing it? This isn't real. This isn't, did, like, these aren't my friends. When did that like feeling start to happen? It was all during the pandemic. Like the yeah. pandemic really like, <clears throat> it made so many things worse, but it also like enlightened me as to like what I was really doing and what was really important. And I spent so much time with my children because I homeschooled them up until like a month ago that I just like, I realized this is not important. My kids actually would be fine not having a ton of money and the money that I'm making could be easily replaced by like almost anything. They don't need they, they, like, this just, it doesn't have to be this way. And I don't have to be doing something that's not authentically me. I've lost myself. Yeah. And that was kind of like all it, it all ran parallel to everything else. And to the point where like, I don't even know my upline has, I've heard, and this like gets into some kind of like muddy dramatic stuff, but like feels sideswiped by my like announcements and by my, um, what's it called? You like merge off of this highway. Like the fact that I have like completely separated myself and is going to be shocked that I even am talking to you their feeling sideswiped is them is their blinders being on to what they're doing being like what this is wrong it's wrong what we're doing what we were creating was wrong right so it all kind of came together in the past two years um yeah I when we were talking offline like you were kind of expressing to me like how um upset you were by like these messages that like you were getting from your upline and stuff and like it must be so hard because you know for us people that were never really made it like you know we're just another person that fell off we're just attributed to attrition but you were at the top so of course you're getting these like you're definitely getting the messages from everyone saying why are you leaving you're not telling the truth and like thinking that you're just lying about stuff but like the thing is that I think when you're in the MLM people don't really see it is that we don't have anything to gain by telling people not to do this right yeah 
which we talked about. I was like, this is the first time I have no agenda with any, like I'm going public telling a story and I, there's no join my team at the end of this. There's no, if you're interested, if you want to do what I'm doing, this is me just saying like, this is why I stopped. And I, I do want to shed light on some of the really gross things that did happen because uh, that's how I can reconcile being a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just pulling myself out of it. And I think honestly, I have gotten some messages that are like very confused and I've had a lot of people that are like, that just blocked me and then posted something about how unsuccessful people do. And then like listed all the things that I did. And then one person had said that I, I got caught up in opinions and that's why I was never successful with this business. And I'm like, girl, I was so coachable, quote unquote. Like I was so coach. I did everything you asked and more. Yeah. I and was you were until- successful. Right. Well, but like, but what is really like, what is success in network marketing is success? Like is reaching the top in network marketing, making $2,000 a month. Like, is that where we're at where we just are? It's like, that is, yes. I know that I'm very privileged to say that, like, you could totally replace that with another income. And I recognize my own privilege in that, mm-hmm. but th- that's not enough money to lose yourself. Right. <laughs> No. That is not enough money to tolerate bigotry and, um, and hatred and racism and other things that are like, we should give trigger warnings too. But like, that's not enough for me to participate in some of this disgusting behavior. You cannot pay me enough for that. So let's get into it. So what were you seeing? Like, there must've been like, those are big words. So like, what, what happened? What happened? Well, I do think that like, so I'm a little bit hypersensitive. So I do want to just give a trigger warning. Is that okay to like, yeah, no, I can set, I can um, record one at the beginning as well. Just so people, I like to, when we talk about big things, I usually record something at the beginning and just be like, Hey everyone, be in the right headspace for this topic. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I, some of the things I saw, I was pretty triggered by, and I consider my, like, I'm not um, like a persecuted person. Um, there was, there's a lot of the rape culture stuff was huge for me and they didn't have to do a lot of it for it to really get to me. Um, I mean, I really like, I didn't write down this list before cause I really wanted this to feel really authentic and organic yeah. and, but I really should have written down this list, but talking about how like women can't have it both ways. We can't dress however we want and expect it not to influence men and how they want to treat us. Oh. Like that's, that's a place to start. Um, having, so all of them are celebrating the conviction of Maxwell. They're all celebrating right now, but not one of them had anything constructive or productive to say about the written house, because it's like, we can't possibly talk about anything that criticizes the right at all. And I am actually a relatively moderate person. I have no like political, like I tend to lean left, but I also like, I love my conservative friends. I love to have a good debate. I love, like, I'm a traditionally moderate person, but I don't like hate just in general and bigotry. And that's where they got me. Um, So anyway, aside from that, I can go on about that forever. But the, during the um, Black Lives Matter protests and the death of George Floyd, there was so many just like, um, 
just the white women tears that were just like, I learned so much about my own privilege during that time. And I hesitate to even go into it because I feel like no matter how much I learn, I realize how much I don't know. But women who have no idea what poverty is, no idea what hardship is, and they won't recognize their own privilege to save their life were crying because the Black Lives Matter protesters were giving them a hard time in their comments on TikTok. And they were just like, why are they so mean to me? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, Stop. <laughs> um, but then talking about how the current president would be the leader of Antifa and how he's anti-Semitic and how the world is going to hell because Trump is no longer in office and how Jewish people really need to convert to Christianity because the rapture is coming and you would be more successful in this business if you found Jesus. That being said, I love my Christian friends. I love my Jewish friends. I have family in both. Like I want to make it very clear that there is nothing about this that is like, oh, well, they were Christian. So I obviously couldn't, couldn't be in the same room with them. No, it's, it's the, it's the absolute intolerance for someone that is different from you. You're doing it wrong. That's what I can't handle. Yeah, no, and I, I, oh my gosh, (laughs) I don't even know where to start. Um, Wow, just wow. It's like dropping bombs on you and like walking away. Well, I, I, all all of it, I'm very passionate about, I'm very passionate about all the things that you've said, like the rape culture stuff, like no, just no. And like, there's already embedded um, rape culture in MLMs, just like, no, doesn't mean yet, or no, doesn't mean no, it means maybe, or maybe later, yeah. like, and like, I can't, like, as a mental health counselor, how did I not see that while I was in, like, I was, I was so entrenched in, in the, in the thick of it. Um, yeah, like I was like, yeah, it does. Like maybe later they wanted to do it. Like what? I know, but you know, I I read an article earlier today actually that was talking about the kinds of people that successfully get recruited and successfully work MLMs, and it was talking about how people that get recruited for these businesses are typically socially optimistic people. Like we are typically like. We can sell things to people, people like us, they gravitate towards us. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's not, that's not necessarily a flex. It's just the truth. Like, yeah. and so when, when we're talking to people and we're like, we're just seeing the good, like we're just seeing the good in all the things that we're doing, we're, we're like, this is what I bring to the table. And isn't it exciting? And if someone's like, no, we're like, okay, well, I might bring it up to you later. Okay, great. That's great. Thanks. Like <laughs> without even thinking, like they just said no to you. Yeah. Walk away walk away because smiley rape culture is somehow easier to swallow like it's just disgusting right so there was all of that and then um you know some of the people again like I I really in 2016 I like to say this in 2016 I was a consultant my upline voted differently than me and I didn't give a fuck I don't care I really didn't care who they voted for it has nothing to do with that when January 6th happened and some of my, some of the leaders in this company were at the Capitol, that, that I cared about a little because my husband's a veteran and he was emotional in our kitchen talking about how he put his name on a line to protect this country. Hi. And, um, and 
and that those people have no concept of what true patriotism is. That struck me in my heart. That's what I care about. Like we have been a military family. You rich bitches are just at the Capitol with a MAGA hat on posing before people are storming the Capitol and threatening to kill our vice president. That is like, and just so incredibly proud of it. And then just the reposting of people who I consider to be hugely bigoted. Like I consider Candace Owens to be hugely bigoted. And we're just continuing to repost her stuff and Marjorie Taylor Greene and all these people. And it's just like, I don't care about your political affiliation. I care that what you repost is anti-science, bigoted, racist rhetoric. That's what I care about. Stop that shit. Because the company that we are promoting is, and I say this all in quotations, is based in science, created by dermatologists, these two badass women who like created this pay it forward company in order to empower women. I've said that a few times in my life. And here we are saying, don't trust the doctors. Which doctors? Which doctors? The doctors, the PhD, Dr. Tim, who is the, the creator of all the products and has like a PhD in like television advertising or something. Or that, that's the guy who creates all the products, apparently. Oh. Or, the, like, or like the doctors that created the line in the 90s that have nothing to do with the company anymore. Or like what doctors are we trusting and not trusting? So the anti-science rhetoric really was like so dissociated yeah. from what we were supposed to be doing. And like the picking and choosing of like, yeah, I, I feel that too. Cause in my MLM, it was also very MLMs. They were all very like, we have scientists, we have scientists. But then like, there was a lot of unsciency talk and hate going around. Yeah. And, and they're, these people know that they can sell to anyone because if you are successful in network marketing, you know that you can sell to anyone. I mean, I sold to people who didn't want the products I was selling, but they just heard from me enough times. Yeah. Gross. Right. Yeah. But you know that like this is something that has come back in the past 48 hours to my upline, you know, you got vaccinated you have an opportunity to tell people that you got vaccinated. You told people where you went for a manicure and pedicure. You tell people where to order their glasses from. You tell them what diet to go on. You, you post your Peloton every day and you sell your skincare, but you won't post. I got vaccinated. Why? Why? Because you're afraid of losing your conservative customers. That is why. And that is disgusting. And that is just, it's, it's vile because you have an opportunity to save lives. Yeah. And like, I think that, you know, that's part of the problem with the anti-vax, anti-science conservative side is that like the people who are pro-science and are getting vaccinated are not standing up enough and saying, Hey, like, no, like, no, we're not going to fall into this QAnon trap. <laughs> right. And yeah, I mean, the, the conspiracies that even started to get like dripped at me from them was just, so the final straw for me, when I started to fall off the cliff, there was a person in my upline and I'm just so, I say this with so much heart. And I know that no matter what, there are going to be people who listen to this that think I am just a cold bitch but there's a person in our upline and her husband got ill. He was in the hospital 
And I was, I mean, I was right with everyone. Like, I don't want anyone to die from COVID. I don't, mm-hmm. I want us all to be safe. And they were looking for an opportunity to get him a private healthcare team because they were going to airlift him out of the ICU and into their home with a team of doctors to take care of him there because the ICU was too crowded and they didn't trust that he was getting the good enough care. And that made me lose my fucking mind. The peasants were all in the ICU. We're all getting care for the same exact virus. But because you make $400,000 a month, you're going to airlift your partner. And you're going to have them taken care of by a team of doctors when the hospitals are understaffed. Not down for that. No. The level, and I, and I felt so bad. I, I did. I felt bad that I was so angry because I do like, but we've lost so many people in the past two years and we've lost rich people and poor people, but your privilege can't buy you out of COVID and still, and now they're suing the hospital. (laughs) Anyway, all these things, all these things like are a culmination of that disgusting culture. It's not just about like the people and how I disagree with their choices. It's a, it's, you have a platform, use it for good. Don't just use it for your pocket. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Like, I remember when uh, the Black Lives Matter thing started. Um, well, the George, the George Floyd Black Lives Matter restarted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and when all of that happened, I remember I was like, not really in an MLM at that point. And I was like, let's see, let me see who's going to post. And I remember thinking, if this girl does not post about how she is enraged about this, because it's not polit- like you don't want to get political on your platform because you're in beach body, I was gonna lose my mind. They did. They mm-hmm. did post about it. But <laughs> but in your MLM, you're taught to be as neutral as possible and not to like cause waves because you want everyone to be able to approach you. Right. But the truth is that in the past two years, our society has handed us an opportunity to either save lives or promote misinformation that could kill people. Like that's really like, that's your opportunity right now is to do something to help, like be a part of the solution or a part of the problem. Right. Rodin and Fields leadership has mostly chosen to be a part of the problem. And then the, 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 um, Eventually what I did, and I don't know if it's okay to like go on to this, but um, eventually, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> eventually what I did was I was like, I'm just going to start sending everything to compliance. So I did, I like said it, you know, you're not allowed to use your rodent fields platform to also spread misinformation. Yeah. You're not like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to spread hate and also sell skincare. You're not allowed to do that. Just like you wouldn't be allowed to sell Beachbody and sell Rodent and Fields on a platform. They have it in their policies and procedures and you just can't do it. And they did nothing. They did nothing. So finally I sent them like a scathing email and I was like, listen, assholes, I am a level five leader. I've been doing this for long enough. I have like 80 people on my team. I have a huge social media. Have a meeting with me. I'm ready whenever you are. And that day I got an email that was like, when can you meet? 
And so I sat down and I had an hour long meeting with this woman from compliance. And I was like, here's the problem. You guys, you guys tell them, oh, I'm really sorry. You can't call for the proud boys to attack the Democrats. That's, that's wrong. You really should take that post down. And so this jackass who's had the post up already for 12 hours, 24 hours, 48 hours, who knows how many people have seen it. She's like, oh, okay, I'll take the post down. So she takes the post down and there's absolutely no repercussions after that. You just tell her to take the post down. She's spreading hate. It's a hate group. Yeah. (laughs) And so, so what, so I was like, you know, here's what we need. You have to have a group of consultants who are not RFXers, who are not going to Greece and not like you, who don't drive the Mercedes, like have people like real consultants sit down with you and talk about like what's bothering us and how you can shift the ethics of this company because network marketing, like you, you could easily shift the, the way that network marketing is going now. Now I know that that's impossible because network marketing is toxic and terrible. But at the time I thought that I could be a part of the solution. Yeah. And I got an email back and it's on my TikTok and it's on my Instagram. And it says like, let's focus on what unites us instead of what divides us. And I just imagine the person who has a stack of papers and just throws them up in the air and they're like, fuck this shit. (laughs) That was me. that was me. Oh my god I have chills right now like <laughs> what yeah what? I mean I was so invested in this company and mm. I know that there are anti-MLM people listening who are just like that's because you were in an MLM that's because you were in an MLM and I know that like I get it yeah but when you're in it and you're doing it for your kids and you're making the money and you're doing the things and you found success and I had invested years in this and I was completely blinders on. Yeah. I was trying to be a part of the solution. And when that happened, I was like, fuck it, blowing shit up. So some people at this point have sold their businesses off at this point in their, in their, like, I know people who are just like, okay, well, I'm going to leave the business. So I'm just going to sell my business. Yeah. And I was like, I'm lighting the bitch on fire. <laughs> so I just like, I started just like posting things. My team started quitting. I was like, yeah, out, get out all you get off the boat, boat thinking we're leaving. And so I like, I did a bunch of posts on like things that were going on with the company. I did some TikToks on it. At first, I didn't mention who they were. People started to catch on. And then I finally had made the decision. And I was like, I'm going to dissolve this business. And then corporate messaged me and they were like, you're out. So that was yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) But since then, since then my downlines are quitting all of my, most, all of my customers, maybe like three of them out of a hundred are staying, maybe three are staying and they'll just move to someone else. And we don't really have much of a relationship anyway, I guess. Um, but yeah, I just, I lit it up. Yeah. Um, so I want, I want to make a comment because you are so hard on yourself because I think that you ran into a group of anti-MLMers that, are very, very hurt and very, very uh, strong opinion. We are not all going to (laughs) rip you apart because you're still, you're working through it. And that's the point is like, you know, like if we can get one person to be like, oh, maybe what I'm doing isn't right. Like, I would rather be like, you know, you want to have a conversation? You want to talk? Like, let's do it because we need to be able to have these conversations and be civil, even if like, you know, 
as you continue through your anti-MLM journey and your process of leaving, like you're, you're, you literally just got terminated yesterday. Like you're going to go through so many things. And I hope one day you listen to this podcast and you're going to be like, oh my God, I have learned so much. I have grown so much. And like, like you're a badass now, but I can't wait to see the badass you are in six months. Dude, I thought I was a badass four years ago. So I don't know, like back when I was like turning and burning customer, like that's what I thought. (laughs) But I just, I mean, but you know, I also think it's really, really important to say that like, I don't blame that person that started this business years ago. Like I don't blame her. Like I think back at like how scared I was with these two little babies and my husband was working so far away and I didn't know what to do. So like, you know, MLMs are, a symptom of a problem where we don't like we women, I mean, I, women in general, people in general, but also women who have children, we like, we don't know how to make money and still be present. I wouldn't have, I don't, I wouldn't have been able to do the work that I had an education in. So I don't know what I should have done, but right. you know, so I don't, I don't know what the answer was. Um, but now that I'm on the other side of it, I just know that like, there are people that are, I, mean, I had someone message me yesterday and she was like, I wish I could quit too. And I was like, that's real sad. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, I can't afford to quit either, but here yeah. the fuck we are. So, yeah. Um, and like, that's the problem that we see with people who are, are making enough money that like you can survive off of it is that like, they tell you like, retire your husband, make it so it's your only stream of income. So then you get so far up and you're like, I have no choice but to stay. Yeah. Like they really take, and like, and then, you know, the other problem that we've had talked about is, you know, like, what do you tell people for this gap of time? Like if you apply to another job, what are you supposed to say? I I don't even... I don't see that part of it though, is that like, I have twins. So it gives me people yeah. immediately forgive me for so much. Yep. But like, if you had one baby during this time and that wasn't, that was too much to let you go back to work. That's okay. Like that it, one baby is, is so much work, but right. because I had two, I think I could, I can almost say anything. I'm like, I'm really sorry that I peed on your carpet. I have twins. And they'd be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. You have twins. Like like, twin moms can do no wrong in social circles. But like what we really should be doing is giving every human being that same grace of saying like, you know, I don't know. It's just, we have to be a lot more gentle and a lot more um, gracious with human beings because- the MLMs that we created this culture where women have to enter a cult in order to pay for their family to eat. And unfortunately women get into this and then they still can't afford to feed their family. Yeah. Like I can't imagine if I had, like I paid a thousand dollars to get into Rhode Island Fields. I put it on a credit card. I paid a thousand dollars to get into it. Thank God I made a thousand dollars in the first month. I can, I, so many of my downline didn't. Yeah. 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 That'll keep you up at night. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's rough. And like, I, I'm definitely here like to talk to you and like to be a shoulder if you need to talk to someone like throughout your process, because like, it's hard. It's hard. It is. 
I'm lucky where like, you know, because of the pandemic, I feel like for the past year and a half, I, like, I know that yesterday was my termination. So people might be thinking like, what like she just got out 10 minutes ago but like it's been about it's been it's been a year and a half of me being like this is ending isn't it like this isn't forever and like me starting to push back like when my upline messaged me and she was like how much ivermectin should I buy like "Mm, what none you shouldn't buy any unless you have horses so like it's been a lot of that. So I've been preparing for this moment for a year and a half. And this is just the culmination of that. It's like when you're in a failing relationship, but you're like holding (laughs) on a little bit longer. You're like not ready yet. But then by the time you like actually break up with them, you're like, I'm done. And I'm ready to date somebody else tomorrow. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That is the perfect perfect metaphor for this right and then everyone's like wait but you you just you just broke up and you're like yeah but like I've been emotionally uninvested for we've been in separate bedrooms for years it's fine yeah exactly and like it's just so sad because like you are literally like the prime target mom military spouse like yeah woman white (laughs) yeah yeah oh captain I loved at our convention. Okay. When I say love, that's sarcasm. Yeah. People aren't watching me. So they don't understand like my ridiculous, <laughs> sarcastic faces at our convention. They had one, um, the two different, uh, panels that I like was really, really excited for. One of them was like diversity because I was like, all the RFXs are blonde white women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we like, What's the plan? <laughs> Um, and so, you know, the diversity panel was like, it was very diverse, um, different ages for the most part, different ethnic backgrounds. And then they were talking about like the importance of like the products and blah, 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 you know, yada, yada, yada. The next panel was like millennial marketing, which I was like excited about. Cause I was like, this will be interesting white blonde size two women across the board the diversity in that panel was a redhead and I shit you not like I was like how are we talking about diversity one minute and then we're putting up like eight white women of like the obviously they're all millennials so you can't get diversity in that sect but like we could do diversity in so many ways it means so many things and you literally like shot in the wrong direction put a dude up there like anything yeah (laughs) so yeah no they just they they miss the mark with diversity all the time as well and it's like it's 2021 you're so tone deaf like we are all looking for diversity inclusivity like um and including right left all different um colors and religion like we want it all everyone wants it all like you're you're missing the mark yeah. And the problem is you can miss the mark, but care. They don't care. They don't yeah. care at all. Right. Exactly. Like, I think that there is a difference between someone who is trying, like trying to do their best, trying to do the work, trying to like really make change. And like, I, as white people, and I, I think especially as white people who are emerging out of MLMs, we really are trying, <laughs> but like, we yes. don't get it right all of the time. And like, I think uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. 
that's what I love about the anti-MLM community because it's about owning up to what you've done wrong. It's about understanding that you make mistakes and being like, okay, let's move forward and like taking accountability for your actions. Because at the end of the day, we were all predators and we were all victims. So we need to like give ourselves grace and hold ourselves accountable all at the same time. And it's hard. Yeah. But you can't, but you also can't like say, um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I was a predator or I was in an MLM and then start another one. Like you, and that's what Rodan and Fields continues to do is say like, you know what we really need to do? We need to focus on diversity. Let's put up another advertisement with white women and see what we get. That doesn't work. Like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like let's like what w- I just it's very frustrating to have them for the I mean for my entire career with them, which is almost five years, for them to continue to say we're really focusing on diversity. If you were focusing on diversity, there would be more than one woman of color as an RFXer, like which is the high, which is like one of the essentially at the highest level. Like yeah. there, you can look at the pictures. Just Google it. RFX trip. Go ahead. Just Facebook search that it will be all white women you might find one woman that does not have super white skin and she may have just overused the sunless tanner which isn't that great by the way (laughs) just so it's it's um it's something that they say is important and they continue to preach and it really just they just don't know how to put rubber to road on it Maybe they do and they just are complicit. <laughs> There's that also. Yeah. But th- there was also a big to do with um with Pride Month. They put up a rainbow and the RFXers made them take it down. Why? Because don't let the gays into skincare. God forbid. What? I just can't. There's That's so ridiculous. much of this. It's also, really just I'm looking. It is oh, all <laughs> white women. Yeah. All the white women. Right. So that's, that's five years. So when I first started, they were focused on diversity and that's years later. This isn't like, oh, they started this year. They got, you know, they got their foot out of their ass and they were like, we're really going to focus on diversity. No, you're a billion dollar company and you can't get it together to get people of color just in the mix, just get like, and if, if your company is really a stepping stone towards like empowering women and success. Like we need black and brown women to be a part of that conversation. So right. otherwise you're just a, what, a bunch of white people in an echo chamber. Right. And like, I'm so, I have a lot of mixed feelings about it now because part of me is like, like, and this is going to sound really weird. So I hope that like people understand what I'm trying to say. I'm like glad that. Right. Yes. Aren't because I'm like, like it, People of color have gone through enough. Like they don't need to go through our white women cults and lose all of this money with us. Like I'm, I'm, I'm at least glad that like there aren't targeted as much. Like I know that there's like a lot of like Hispanic women in Herbalife and like things like that. But like you know what, Danielle, I think this is actually a really crucial point that you just brought up. And I think that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is as I continue to unpack, and I'm sorry that I interrupted you, no, but no. as I continue to unpack my experience of Rodin and Fields, I have to shift the paradigm and I will continue to unpack and learn things that I'm doing wrong 
thank God Rodan and Fields is not excessively preying on um, on communities that are mostly black and brown people because they don't need that. <laughs> that is for sure. Take the money of the rich white women. Okay, yeah. got it. I totally, I'm, but that being said, <laughs> so it's, like, it, it's it weird to really, say. It, no, it is because what we're talking about is a cult that's preying on people. So do I really wish that for people? Like, no, right. I don't. Right. So, you know, there's two sides to this coin. I think they're both really important to talk about. There's the the me that was in that just kept seeing like, why are we not do, like, why is this all white women? And then like, oh, right. Because like, th- th- we don't, we don't want that for anybody. <laughs> right. So yeah, I do get that. And that's a really interesting point. And, you know, we've talked about it in a couple other ways, like my the way that I talk about this experience is still some, like, I'm still deconstructing what I went through and like what happened and like what I was a part of. Like earlier today, I was talking to my husband about this and I was like, I think I might've been in a cult. And he was like, no. (laughs) And I was like, okay, so, but I've been doing like some reading and like, I think I might've been in a cult. And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, so here's the deal. Like you can't tell your wife who's been doing the reading and the research and the work that I haven't been in a cult when you have done literally jack shit for work. And he goes, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Well, also really, so this is a whole nother topic. And like, I don't know if you're there already to hear this shit, but like the military is like a cult. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in, I'm into that. No, my husband was, it, we, I was not, uh, i Yeah, I'm an excellent wife and a terrible military spouse. And I absolutely fucking hated every minute of being a military spouse. I was, I I was like told that I shouldn't have a job. I just like, it's yeah, it's the parallels. Yeah. I just want to also like, I don't want to come out as like, I I appreciate veterans. My dad's a veteran. I, I, I appreciate everyone that serves for our country and I'm not trying to like, uh, Oh, no, in no. the value of like what you do for us, just throwing that out there. Um, but like there, there, there is something to be looked at there, the romanticism and, uh, like the way that we treat military spouses, the nicknames, like all that stuff is like, it's, it's its own thing. So yeah, no. And I think the, there's a way to recognize that and still have respect. I mean, also just like, sorry, but the thought control, the behavior control and the information control that goes through the military like you're all wearing the same thing you're all eating at the same time your sleep is controlled everything is controlled in your life yeah it's controlled whether or not you use substances i believe and like you know like there's you can't get a tattoo you're You're not allowed to get a tattoo because you're government property right so like i i i i just wish that we could we could treat people like people and not like cattle. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely agree with that. And it did take Sam a while to to deconstruct when he came out of that too. I mean, I, that's my opinion. I mean, he has to speak, he, has, he has to speak for himself. But um, yeah, I think, and that's I mean, it, just to bring it back. Yeah, military spouses are prime targets for MLMs. Like. If I don't, yeah, I, because it looks could, normal. It looks normal compared to the military lifestyle. It, it's right. just, it's very similar. 
except, right. you know, throw a filter on it. Yeah. And, and your time when you're a military spouse, you literally are just expected. Um, you're really expected to sit and wait for your spouse to come home so often. I mean, I was pregnant sitting there, like watching reruns, waiting for my husband to come. I didn't have really any friends. I didn't have my family. I was just isolated. I had a job. So that was weird. But like, I think back and I'm just like, yeah, you totally could have gotten me into an MLM at that point. And I probably would have made a shit ton of money just sitting there on my phone for like, you know, 12 hours a day. Just like, I mean, I probably would have sent 300 messages a day. It would have been terrible. Everyone would have hated me. I would have lost even more family and friends. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, again, just throwing it out there. This is not our, a dig at veterans or anything like that. Very much respect veterans. Thank oh, you. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, but you have to, you have, you do have to kind of call things like that, what they are, you know, yeah. you have to like, there's a way there's like a definite way to do both. You right. know, you can isolate what you, what you don't like and still have the utmost respect for the people that are willing to sacrifice for us. We're eternally grateful for that, but exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so we've, we've jumped all over the place. Um, but I guess I'll ask you now just kind of an open-ended question of like, you know, this podcast, like we try to focus on mental health. So like, what was your mental health journey through all of this and where is your mental health at now? And like, I'm curious to like how you felt when you got that email and well, um, okay. That's a lot of questions. Um, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> So my mental health, when, so I have this, um, I have, I'm a chronic, like, I'm sure that there's like a million diagnoses that could be, you know, assigned in like different, just different words that could be used to describe me and how I was feeling. Um, I tend to be a person that's, that feels like I'm never enough ever. I'm chronically never enough. Like if my kids have a bad day, I'm like, I am not a good enough mom. Um, you know, that's just kind of what I go towards. And I was consistently not enough. I couldn't make it to RFX. I couldn't make it to, um, I remember one time they set a goal, my upline set a goal for me that I needed to get like 200 orders and each order is like 150 or $200. So it was like a crazy amount. So I could go on this trip. And I remember that I felt so short, like there was not even, no. Um, and I remember just being like, see, you suck just, you're not enough. You don't message enough. You went to bed by 11 o'clock. You just don't do enough work. You spent way too much time on like Netflix. Like you're just a piece of shit. And I think that that is, that's, you know, that's how a lot of us feel. Um, my best friend actually, who was in it with me, she reached out to me numerous times. Well, does not reach out to me. Like we'd be in conversation. She'd be like, you know, I really hate that. I hate that they tell you that if you're not making X number of dollars, it's because you're not working hard enough. And I was like, well, what do you account? What do you attribute it to? Like, what else could it be? Right. And she didn't really have a response. So I always was like, gotcha. <laughs> you know, like, but that, that's how I always felt. And that's what I preached. I mean, I made everyone feel that way. So, right. Because the only other real answer is that it's the business model. And like, you can't, like, why would you think that going into it? Then, cause then you would have to admit to yourself that you fell for a scam. Right. Well, and the truth is that MLMs 
you can be incredibly successful if you have the personality for it that is naturally successful and you have a great organic network. But like, we're telling people that anybody can succeed. And that's absolutely not true. I succeeded because I had a huge network and I have the personality and the, I don't give a fuck to approach people all the time. Like I didn't really care. Obviously I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to who knows who, like, I obviously am on TikTok. Like, I don't care. I, you know, I overcame my fear of public speaking a long time ago. So that's why I was successful not everybody can do this. Like most people can't do this. Most people cannot sell lash boost for $150 to 10 people in in a week. Most people can't do that. I can do that. I can do that 10 times over. Most people can't. And that's like, that's okay. The business model doesn't pay you for the time it took you to do that. They only pay you for the actual sales you do. That's, it's so messed up. Right. So I always felt like I wasn't enough. And um, when I was leaving, I had one person message me. um, She was in my upline. She was trying to retain part of my downline that is pretty successful. The one person that really works consistently. And she was trying to make sure that she was able to contact her. She's like, can I please, like, can I have her phone number? Like, I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to her and make sure that she wants to have me as her upline, that she can always contact me. And I'm like, she knows how to get a hold of you. Like, you don't need to reach out to her. She is a completely capable, educated woman who's been doing this for three years. She knows you're her upline. If she wants some help, she'll reach out to you. But no, they had to have a meeting anyway. And I was, and she was just like, I'm really excited about RF's future. I'm really excited about what's happening next year. I wish we were going to be here for it. Like she had already retained me once in August. Yeah. And um, then I said, you know what? Oh, I saw it. We got into it a little bit and I was like, I have to stop because this is getting toxic for me. And I blocked her. So she texted me and she was telling me all these things about like, and I was like, you know what? I blocked you because I didn't want to talk to you. And here's the fuck why. And I was just like, yeah, I just tore into her and this is the person I really really liked yeah and this is the message that you showed me last night right yes and I yes and essentially I was just like if anyone was and this comes across as incredibly egotistical if anyone was gonna fucking make it it was me I did everything you asked I did all the things I talked to people I lost friends I lost family I bought all the kits I did all the stuff I invested I did the thing I posted I did the thing my brother has blocked me on Facebook (laughs) you know what I mean and she was just like you didn't succeed because you let your opinions get in the way Uh, excuse you What I really found interesting, like, I, we're not going to read the conversation by any means, but what I found really interesting was in the text messages, you listed off things that were wrong that both the company were doing and that she was doing. And her response was essentially just like, well, none of that is true. And like, here's something else. And I was just like, you, she literally didn't acknowledge anything you said. Right. Cause I said, you are being predatory and she just didn't acknowledge it. Just like skipped right over it. Right. But which is, it's completely untrue. And there's numerous things I could quote, but I just feel like 
I know she's going to listen to this and I do feel like my heart goes out to her because she is so dependent on this at this point. She'll never stop. And she makes an incredible amount of money every month. And there's, she couldn't stop. Absolutely. She'll never stop. But I did say, if you ever want to stop, we can be friends. I was like, you know, a carrot, maybe, maybe I am enough that she'll leave. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, I don't, I don't know. Will your friendship replace the money that she's making? I don't know if I'm worth that much. I don't know. (laughs) Um, No. And like, there's some people that can, they they can never get out and that's, that's fine. I just, that's not, I, I was talking to another person today and I was like, in order to get to that level, you have to become someone in something that you're not currently. And I'm not willing to do that. And so anyway, I think I'm going to answer your third question. I think I remember. Um, Now I feel pretty Good. Oh, I felt, um, oh, so I had a fever when I got the email. I don't have COVID. Um, but I did have this, I did have the flu, I think. And so I felt like crap, but when I got the email, I just kind of giggled and I was like, well, that's over. And it was like, like an exhale. And it was like this like cathartic feeling of like, okay, that's, that's over now. And then I immediately was like, motherfucker, I didn't get to close out my accounts. And so I just like started trying to like log in. And I was like, then I felt this frenzy of like the auto ships are going to go through. Damn it. Everyone is going to hate me. Oh my God. And I was just like, I really should have done better. Like I should have like pulled reports. And then I was like, you know what? You just, you're doing the best you can. And I tried to like give myself some grace. So I've tried to forgive myself and I've done a post on Facebook and, you know, Um, now I feel, uh, like my ego is like, I feel like I lit a spark because I feel like my, like I, I am powerful. Like I am a powerful person and I have never, I didn't know that. And I hate to give credit. No, I didn't know that until I saw what I could do with this company, unfortunately, but now that I know, and and I, it's not because of them. It's because I watched myself succeed. And I now know that power was absolutely a hundred percent in me the entire time. And I needed to find it. I wish I had found it differently. And I wish to tell every single person who's listening that you are incredibly powerful you are incredibly powerful and you can do so many badass fucking things and don't do it so that someone else can make millions of dollars off your hard work. So now I feel like completely inspired to share my story, help people get out. And it feels really good to have like my interaction with you not be transactional. Yeah. Um, it feels really good. I reconnected with a friend who had cut off friendship with me because of Rodan and Fields. It feels really good to start unfriending people that I don't give a shit about. Like, and I say that, like, I love all people, but like, I don't care. I don't need to do the birthday greetings. I don't need to send out samples. I don't, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Did you just get completely triggered? <laughs> um, I, well, actually, I actually made a post about the birthday thing the other day because it was my birthday a couple weeks ago. And, you know, when it was your birthday, everyone would say happy birthday to you. And you would be like, thank you. Like, oh, what do you have planned for the weekend? Or like, da 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 And um, I just gave myself permission this year. I was like, don't respond. I responded to like a couple of people. And then I like made a general post. I was just like, thanks for the birthday wishes. And bing, bing, boom. It felt so good. And I don't, um, I'll like look like, you know, on Facebook, they'll give the top person in the notification for birthdays is like the one that you interact with the most of like, I know if like that person, I'm close to the person. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'll wish them a happy birthday. But like, if it's not somebody that I like talk to, I'm like, oh, okay, well, happy birthday and my thoughts (laughs) yeah I don't do birthdays at all and um part of it is that that's actually authentically me I don't know anybody's birthday my best friend in college I will tell you I called her on her birthday to ask because I had been like locked out of my computer she was an IT person and I was just like I can't figure this shit out and she's like you've got to be kidding me and I was like what I'm terrible at birthdays so I don't wish anybody happy birthday on Facebook and here's the thing you don't have to no Ta-da! You're welcome. <laughs> you don't You're have welcome. to. You don't have to. It's not a symbol of love. Nobody cares. I love when people love me in any way, but people that truly love you will work to accept all of the love language that you can throw at them. So you don't have to get them a gift. You don't have to Facebook message them. You don't have to do those things and they just know that you love them. So that's just the truth. And if you Facebook message me on your birthday, I am assuming that you're trying to sell me something at this point because I am completely jaded. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm really sorry to everybody I've sent a message to on their birthday for the past five years. Um, yeah, so I feel, I feel free and I feel good. And I feel like I have a lot to unpack and a lot to put together. I feel like I have a lot of things to share with my husband about how I'm feeling. Cause obviously I've been doing a lot of things without telling him, like, as far as like, he, he was like, what podcast, why are you doing this? What's, what's the matter? And I'm like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Remember I got terminated yesterday, right? We should talk about that. Um, yeah, I just, it feels really, really good. It feels like I'm reclaiming myself and I'm really excited because I do have like, and this is, I'm, I actually, I'm not going to plug this. I know, but I do have a business that I love and I'm it for the purpose of healing. And I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Um, but I do have a business that I love and it's brick and mortar and it has my whole heart. And I just, I'm really passionate about this and I, I'm really excited to see what happens when I just am able to to pour into it the way that I want to and not feel like I don't know and not feel I I just I don't want to split my time anymore like I I have something that I love and no it doesn't pay me a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars a month it's still in its infancy and I'm just really I'm proud of like everything I do there I want to be proud of and I am proud of and like that is just so important and everything I did with Rodan and Fields made me feel icky. Yeah. So like, ta-da. Yeah. <laughs> I think I answered the questions. Will you check? <laughs> <laughs> you did great. Um, would it, like, if somebody uh, is, like, from your area and they want to reach out to you to ask what your store is, is that cool? 
Yeah. And if you want to find me on Facebook, like I just, I literally just think it's a, it's a really great exercise for me and not making this transactional. Like if you want to just, if you want to follow me and like learn more about me or learn about my life, if you like my energy and you just want to like check things out. Great. I love conversation and I love, I do actually like interacting with people and talking about things we have in common. I am happy to answer questions about Brodan and Fields. Um, I'm happy to share my business with you. I just like, there's something about this moment where I just feel like it's really important for me to not do that. Um, but yeah, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to do that, it's really, it's, it's like, I'm not hiding it. Like it's right out there in the open, but like, just for the purpose of this podcast, it's just feeling important. Yeah. And like, I think that that's really cool. Um, like on this podcast, we support, uh, we always support ex huns businesses. So, um, I, I have a feeling that there might be a day that you want to come back and like talk again. Maybe, maybe we'll I'm see. I'm totally into it. Yeah. So like, if you ever want to come back and like reflect on like, I would love to have you back again. Like, this is so fun. Do you feel like you got out like a lot of what you wanted to say? Yeah, and I, I do. And I think it's incredibly meaningful to have people like, to have people that actually believe in me as a human being and not as just someone that's going to make a paycheck off of me. That someone that just thinks like, I don't know, just someone that's like listening to the things I have to say and like actually maybe cares and doesn't just see me as a person that's going to make them a paycheck or might connect them with someone they could sell something to. So I really appreciate that opportunity because that's something that has made me feel very just minuscule in the past few years that like just my friendships, my relationships were just not, they just, they just didn't have any foundation. And, um, I think that that hurts some people to say, but I think that if they really dug down and they really looked at like, what do we, like, what is our foundation built on? It's just really transactional and financial and it really has nothing to do with heart. And I just really appreciate someone just wanting to talk to me and just hearing my story and thinking that I'm a badass without selling skincare. You are. So thank you for that. Also got me like crying while you're saying all that. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so fantastic. Like, I'm just so glad that like, I even have this platform to like have people tell their stories because I think it's really cool to like share and educate people. And also I think it like feels so good. I think it it feels so good to tell your story. So I really hope that you feel that like when we end the call and you're like it's there it's out there and (laughs) it will also be helpful too as you're like trying to figure out what you're going to do in the end I feel like you're going to end up making content because like you are making content but like if you decide to like continue making content it will be nice to like kind of have a place to reflect and be like this is where my story my anti-MLM story started and you'll be able to really just see your whole anti-MLM journey unfold which is really cool yeah, no, I am. I'm excited to see like how I, like, I already feel such a shift happening and I'm kind of excited to like kind of rediscover the things that I value, um, without feeling scared for like how they'll be perceived by customers. Like my business is my business. Like my, my little, my little thing is my, like, I'm not worried. Like I can be exactly who I am and it will not impact that. And I've never felt that before. So I'm, I'm, we'll see, we'll reflect back together. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, okay, so my end of podcast question, I hope that this does not trigger you because uh, you're so you're so freshly out. But um, my <laughs> end of podcast question is, um, what is your anti MLM? Why? Oh, God. <laughs> like, there's no prep for this, right? Like, <laughs> anybody listening, I called her terrified or she called me. I was like, can you call me? I'm terrified. Um, my anti MLM. Why? Oh my God. You know what? It's the same. Why? It's because my kids deserve better. My kids deserve better than that. They deserve a mom who's authentically herself. They do. And I'm so excited that you're going to be able to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And my kids, my kids deserve all the things. And so when I think about my why getting in, it was to give my kids a better life and then to get out would be so that my kids have like the, the life they need is, is exactly the life they have, but with an authentic mom. Yeah. Like they don't need any more than me. Like I am what they need. They don't need me with a better microwave. So no, well, thanks for that. That was a good one. Thank you so much for making time for me. And, um, uh letting me talk you into doing this um I really enjoyed your story and I I really do hope that you come back one day and I will um everyone like if you want to find Molly I'll link her information in the show notes and I hope that you all have a fantastic night and um remember to not join another MLM thank you guys and good night (laughs)